Welcome to Pure and Simple, a podcast from NCMPR that spotlights community college marketing and PR professionals. Hear from NCMPR members as they share their personal and professional experiences and tell stories from the field. I'm your host, Jeff Julian, a proud member of NCMPR and Chief of Staff at Harper College in Palatine, Illinois. When Jackie Watson found herself with a nightmare task, she stepped up, redesigning 16 websites for the Kentucky Community and Technical College System in five weeks. Jackie is the system's director of web strategy in this year's NCMPR National Rising Star. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Great to have you here. So you've traveled an interesting road to become the director of web strategy. So you know what motivated you to volunteer for that massive website redesign project when the previous director left? Well, I think a little bit of craziness motivated me in this. But, <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> you need a little bit of that, right? You have to be a little crazy to take something like this on. Um Our website redesign was so important to me because at the time I was a digital content manager and our websites hadn't been touched since probably around 2010 was when they first got a little facelift. But the content itself really was untouched for the most part. And as a content person, I was like, how are we not giving students what they want you know we were so caught up in the fact of oh well this department needs this on the website because they have to have a place Mm -hmm. to house it and this department needs xyz and it was a lot of it's territory yeah and throwing it up on the web and i always like to say when you throw something up on the web it's almost like you're literally putting garbage on the website. (laughs) If there's no strategy behind it, what you're putting out there isn't good. And so I really took that as a personal like goal of mine. We need to put good content on our website and stuff that students need to see. I really wanted to identify who the target audience was for our websites and really make that about them. So when we undertook this big project, the first thing I did was identify the target audience. And that really was prospective students. And then following that up with, we needed to still cater to current students because they were using the website. And then our third audience was faculty and staff. Um, All three Mm -hmm. kind of use the website differently. But when my director left, I had been working on the information architecture and how everything kind of behind the scenes worked. And I was thrust into this project management role and it was a huge undertaking Um, because what people don't tell you is that leadership wants everything very quickly (laughs) and they expect things to happen very quickly. And our director left in February. And our president of our entire system said, I need all of these websites launched by the end of May. And that was... And there were 16, 16. right? So yep. you have to do 16 complete website overhauls in basically a five-week time frame from when we piloted our college. We piloted one college in the middle of April. And then we had to roll out three websites a week 
until June. And that was, we were down to myself and two web developers. So a staff of three... (laughs) Yeah. And doing three websites. I'm tired listening. Yeah, I'm tired listening to you describe it. That's that that that's amazing. Yeah. So again, you have to be a little bit crazy to do this, but once you're in it, it just becomes kind of like an air traffic controller almost. At that point in time, you're just okay. trying to keep the airplanes up in the air and trying not to let them <laughs> crash into each other. So with 16 colleges and, and you're doing redesigns, how how do you navigate the challenge of you know maintaining that system-wide identity while still allowing the personality of each of these colleges to shine through on their websites? That is a great question. One of the things that we did was we tried to make it easy for all the colleges. So the stuff that was system-wide, so think things like tuition and fees and pages like that, we really templated those out. We called those tier one pages that were kind Mm -hmm. of legalese and they were going to be uniform across the entire system. So we called those tier one and we brought in all of our marketing and PR people and our web people and said, here's what we're thinking for these pages. We got the go ahead for that. And then with tier two pages, we personalize those to the colleges. So all of our colleges handle admission steps a little bit differently. Some might require orientation, some might not. So we framed out the page for them, but left space where they could change the steps. Um, One of Mm. my big tasks when I first started at KCTCS was creating a cohesive voice for all of our web properties and how we communicate online. And then that went into how we communicate in print pieces as well. So it's really, if somebody didn't see our logo on a piece, be it a website, print piece, brochure, anything like that, we wanted them to know that it was still from us. And that's how um, the voice of Julie who is um, a fake persona that we created, but mm-hmm. she really helps walk students through the process. Um, okay. That's how Julie was born. So with the voice of Julie, we could really tell the colleges, we understand that you all are going to have different things that you want to communicate to your students. As long as you're being friendly and approachable and speaking in a language that students would understand you can create any page that you want. So that was okay. one of the big steps there. Yeah. So you were talking a little bit before about audience and, you know, what is, what goes on the website and making sure that, that what's there is, is right for the audience. Can you describe somewhat your process or your team's process around writing for, for, for the web, especially as you think of, you know, the reading level of your audiences, the tone and style you want to set? What, what, what sorts of things are, are you and your team considering as you're, as you're writing for the web? Uh, absolutely. Readability is my number one pet peeve. When people write above the grade level to which our visitors can understand. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I first started, our reading level for our pages was a master's degree level. And like everybody else, we work for community colleges. Our Mm -hmm. average readability level of our prospective students 
is somewhere around ninth grade. So we try to make sure that everything is at a 10th grade reading level. That was my main goal. Not going to lie. Some of our program pages are still above where I would like them to be. They're more senior Mm -hmm. in high school to freshman in college. But getting faculty on board is one of those things that we're slowly pulling them into believing what we believe. I think my biggest thing was just because you write at a 10th grade level does not mean you're talking down to your students. It means you're talking to them. We don't want anybody to feel overwhelmed when thinking about the college process. You want to make them feel welcome. So we always write as if you're talking to a friend and trying to help your friend go through this process. I love that we use really informal language. We're very casual on our websites. We use contractions. Mm -hmm. We don't say Kentucky Community and Technical College. We say we. We don't say students. We say you. And it's very helpful to them. It makes us feel approachable instead of totalitarian, if you will. It's very like conversational. How I'm talking to you is how I expect the writing on our website to be. Absolutely. When you think about the architecture or uh, maybe even the usability, Mm -hmm. what what sort of considerations do you you have in mind? Because I, I go back to what you said before, too, about, you know, if you put everything on the website, you sort of just get this this garbage pit, <laughs> right? Or you just get all this information that you can't, that, that makes it more difficult to, to, to navigate. So what are some of the considerations and then how do you work with the, the stakeholders who want everything there to, to convince them that, hey, we've got to create a, a clean path that people can get what they want and, and, and do what they want while they're here on our site? For this, content audits are so important, and they were so important during our redesign. Um, And I told everybody going into it, I said, expect about 50% of your college website pages to be deleted because there is just stuff there that we don't need. And I use analytics and people would say, oh, no, people use that page. We have to have that page on the website. And I would go to the analytics and I'd be like, three people have visited that page in the last year. And they'd be like, oh, right. Uh, oh, okay. Well, maybe that needs to be internal or, okay, I understand. Or in maybe, an archive. Yeah, maybe I don't need that. Um, but really, the person with the data has the power, essentially. So if you can show yes. people, listen, that web page isn't getting the traffic that you think it is then they are more open to, okay, well, now I understand maybe it doesn't need to be there. Our biggest uphill battle is constantly people that are like, well, that needs to be on the homepage. And I'm like, no, no, not everything can be on the homepage. And then you have to explain why the homepage is laid out the way it is and try to find a better place for it. And that's really the juggling part of that is, How do you explain to somebody, okay, well, maybe this is better suited for social media, or maybe this is Mm -hmm. better suited for your internal newsletter. Um, And again, I just go back to data and analytics. That is everybody's greatest 
tool in your tool belt as a marketer, as a communicator, as a strategist, have the numbers because they'll always back you up. Indeed. So this was a massive redesign, right? 16 college websites. But you've also talked before about website refreshes. Mm -hmm. Um, What what are the questions the teams should be asking as they think about refreshing their college's website? I always like to say that you need to think of your website as a process, not a project. And I really view all of our websites that way. If you redesign your website once and then say, okay, it's done. And then you don't touch it again for five years, Mm -hmm. then you're going to have to go back through this entire redesign process. And it's going to be an insurmountable amount of work. So if you're constantly looking as to what needs to be refreshed, what you can update, and you take it in little bites and look at it as a process, then you never have that giant mountain of work where you're redesigning 16 sites in five weeks because nobody's touched it in 10 years. (laughs) Um, Right. This is a true story. (laughs) this, This is a true story. So one of the things that we're doing right now is we're looking at how our homepages are laid out. We used Google Tag Manager um, to see the scroll depth that people were using, um, the click events that people were using on our homepage. And I took the analytics from that and I presented to our chief marketing officer, hey, we need to refresh the homepage because people want to know about programs and financial aid first, and they're not getting to that portion of our homepage. They're not scrolling that far. So Mm -hmm. in the past Mm -hmm. year, we've moved our announcements section up to the top of the page. We've moved our brand pillars down to the bottom of the page. Shockingly enough, nobody cared about our brand pillars. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe prospective it. students weren't interested in that. We loved it, but prospective students, right, not right. so much. Um, yeah. And we noticed yeah. that they wanted to figure out um, what was going on on campus. So our announcement section and then what programs we offered. So we had a whole program tile section of six key programs, including transfer And they were like the fourth item on our page. They were getting a lot of clicks and we were like, oh my goodness, we need to move this up so more people can see that. So we've recently moved that up. And um, our current student area, we call it My Path. It's like their hub, their single sign-on hub. Um, Everybody was going to current students and immediately clicking on My Path from our navigation. So we're in the process of just adding a my path button to the top of our homepage. Okay. So really looking at what people, how people are interacting with your site um, and refreshing based on that. um, I highly recommend looking at how you approach the affordability of your school. So, so many times people call it, cost and fees or tuition. And that can be a little overwhelming to people like, oh my gosh, it's just going to be so much money. And and no matter how affordable you are, anytime you start talking money, people tend to tense up a little bit. So we tried to make it a little more approachable and we call our um, kind of tuition financial aid section, we call it affording college. 
because it okay. is just yeah. more approachable. Like, yeah, you can afford this. We can do this. We can help you. So look at the way you're saying things and see if it's relatable or if it seems mm-hmm. to be a little overwhelming. That's good advice. So I'm going to ask you for more advice. <laughs> COVID-19, yeah, COVID-19 pandemic has really obviously uh, been a game changer in terms of higher ed, the way we deliver content, the way we're working, the way we're teaching. So as you think about websites, how do you think that that will long-term have an, have, have an impact on the way we communicate with students and and the community through our college websites. Well, if you are currently working on a web team, congratulations on your job security. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, right. But it does, it has a huge impact as to how we deliver information to students, what information students are looking for. Um, even in the way that faculty and staff are interacting with your websites, you have to be more upfront. You have to be more really, here's what we have, here's what we offer, and here's how you get it. Um, One of the things that we did was originally with COVID, we had um, our emergency notification banners up that said, for more information on how we're handling COVID-19, check out our COVID resources page. And it was on every Mm -hmm. single page of our website. Right. And about a month in, I was like, people are coming to our pages, like say our landing pages from a digital marketing ad. And that's the first thing they're seeing. And that can be a little overwhelming to somebody like, oh my God, just stop reminding me about this. Now I don't want to go back to school. Um, So what we did was after about a month, we took down the emergency notification banners and we just put a banner on our homepage that said, for more information on how we're handling COVID-19, Check out our resources page. It's only on our homepage. We still have announcements, like if any updates Mm -hmm. come through about COVID. Sure. But I think we're getting to a point that it's more telling students how we're going to help them in the future, not so much, hey, COVID's scary, hey, COVID's scary, like they get that. Well, right. And the situation <laughs> certainly evolved yes. too, because, you know, in the first couple of weeks of that, you were, you were making so many changes, whether it was how you were delivering content or moving people off campus. And now it's the, the situation has shifted into more of a long-term, um, long-term view right? Absolutely. Of, of, of what that's going to be. So yeah, that makes perfect sense to sort of adjust the way you're presenting that information on your website. And one of the things I think us as community college marketers and communicators really need to understand is if you haven't started looking at the accessibility of your website, stop what you're doing and focus on that now. One, yeah. ADA is not going anywhere. Your websites need to be accessible or you are going to get hit with huge lawsuits. That's no fun for anybody. But from a student standpoint, you want them to be able to receive the information that you have out there. You want to be able to serve everybody. So one thing that I think this pandemic is bringing to light is how much our websites need to be accessible how much our online learning has to be accessible. So many times Blackboard, you get in there and listen to Blackboard on a screen reader and it is a mess. 
and nobody's going to understand it. And you really start feeling for the people that have learning disabilities or visual impairments and things like that. I think that needs to be the front of mind for everybody even touching a website is how accessible it is. Very good. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation, Jackie. Thank you so much for taking the time with me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Pure and Simple is presented by the National Council for Marketing and Public Relations, an organization for marketing and PR professionals at the nation's two-year community colleges. For membership information, visit ncmpr.org.